0: So a lot of the time I don't see him before school. My mom... The boy looked at his feet. My mom's not here. I'm guessing it was about ten o'clock I saw him last. He told me to go to bed. Well, Frank... Kostanovich looked at the boy's feet, too. It took strength for him to finally look the boy in the eye. I'm afraid your father's been in an accident. The next twenty-four hours are a blur in the boy's memory now. The policeman told him they had found a body floating in Lake Michigan, next to a small boat, just small enough to be unregistered, and the body might be his father. Then they had taken him to identify the bloated blue thing that had once been his dad. After that, the boy changed. He talked to no one. He took a week off from school, Then he took a year. He stayed in foster homes, where it was clear they cared more about the support money than the child. After that, he just disappeared, hopped trains, and rode the rails. He learned a lot of things they don't teach in school, things nobody should learn. Then, one day, he came back to the city. Part one, Loose Change. Birth of a Bagman. Chapter 1 Breaking Legs. Chicago is the kind of city that defines spring fever. After record snowstorms in February, people practically ran out in the streets to celebrate spring. Now it was June, and the thermometer was already climbing into the 90s. To make matters worse, the Depression was in full swing and all those naked people couldn't afford new clothes. Politicians kept saying prosperity was right around the corner, but so was the line at the soup kitchen. The Cubs had just lost two to the gas-house gang, vaudeville was dead, and the only people making any real money were the mob. Frank Mac McCullough knew there was going to be trouble when the car stopped on Waveland. He nudged his partner across the front seat. "'Tony, this is the place?' "'It's Anthony, Mac. "'Anthony,' Tony said. "'And this is the place.' "'You sure?' "'Yeah, this is the place. "'You got a problem with that?' "'Mac had a problem with it. "'He didn't know what it was, "'but it was a problem. "'Something wasn't right. "'He wasn't afraid. "'That wasn't it. "'And it wasn't that he was a nice guy or anything. "'Hell, he worked for the mob.' He broke legs for a living, or at least that's what people thought. Mac didn't necessarily like his work, but he was good at it. He knew people called him a courier to his face, and a bagman to his back, but it paid well and work was hard to find. But there was something about the house on Waveland Avenue, something familiar, too close to home. "'No problem,' Mac said and considered his career options. Everybody from the old neighborhood had grown up to be a cop or a criminal. Mac hadn't exactly grown up, but he knew which way he was headed. Cops didn't make any money, and they sure didn't drive around in shiny new sports cars. He stepped out of the passenger side of a 1933 Graham Blue Streak 8, with a forced smile on his face and an uncomfortable feeling in his stomach. End of options. "'Is one bother you, cause there ain't no high windows?' "'Yeah, that's probably it,' Mac told himself he was nervous because he'd never actually broken anyone's legs before. Up until a month ago, all he'd ever done was collect protection money, hop out of a car, go into a store, come out with the money. It was simple. Since he'd been promoted to full-time racketeer, He spent most of his time climbing skyscrapers and threatening to throw construction workers off the girders. If it was a businessman, they'd take the elevator, and Mac would threaten to drop him out the window. He'd only had to rough up a couple guys, but one or two punches made them all pay up. The breaking legs thing wasn't a bad rep to have, if you were making collections. "'Don't worry,' Tony said. He slammed the car door and rolled his shoulders, making sure the revolver under his coat didn't bulge. "'Just let me do all the talking.'